0: Two of the most important questions that we have that we need to ask and then answer for ourselves. Two of the most important are, is there a God? And if there is a God, can he be known and does he reveal himself to us? I've seen God move spiritually. I've experienced his guiding hand in my life. Not always seeing it till afterwards, but it confirms to me that he does exist. And he does work in our lives. So I want to confess to you first thing this morning, my conviction God does exist. Jesus does exist. But I can't answer those questions for you. That's your job to do. You see, your, your answer to those questions can't be your mom or your dad's answer. It can't be your husband or your wife's answer. It has to be your answer. So it has to be personal to you. You have to decide. Welcome to the weekly podcast of Independent Methodist Church in Macon, Mississippi. It is our hope that this message will encourage you, strengthen your faith, and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. Psalm 14 is where we'll be. Our title this morning is What a Fool Believes. The year was 1979. Minimum wage in this country was $2.90 an hour. Some of the most memorable advertising slogans ever to be developed came out in that year. Coca-Cola came up with their slogan, have a Coke and a smile. Remember that one. AT&T came up with the slogan, reach out and touch someone in 1979. Ford came up with their slogan, quality is job one. 1979 was a year of notable firsts. Fast food chain McDonald's started selling the Happy Meal in 1979. Two new TV networks went on the air. ESPN, Nickelodeon started broadcasting for the first time. In the area of electronics, there were some notable firsts. The Sony Walkman came out in that year. And Black and & Decker developed the world's first cordless vacuum cleaner, the Dustbuster. In television, the, as far as televised sports and, and, and specifically basketball, the basketball game that was televised that still holds a record today highest Nielsen rating, 24.1, was the 79 NCAA championship between Michigan State with Magic Johnson on the roster and Indiana State with Larry Bird. It still holds the highest Nielsen rating of all time for any basketball game ever, ever on TV, college or pro. In the year where disco was still king in the, in the music world and the airwaves were dominated by disco, and the Billboard charts were dominated by disco. A song by Michael McDonald and Kenny Loggins rose to number one in April of that year. Just stayed number one for one week, and it's the title of our message today, What a Fool Believes. This morning we're going to look into Psalm 14, and we're going to talk about what God's Word has to say about what a fool believes. So let's read together Psalm 14, seven verses here. Psalm 14 starting in verse 1. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. Their deeds are vile. There is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Will evildoers never learn. Those who devour my people as men eat bread, and who do not call on the Lord. There they are, overwhelmed with dread, for God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers, frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion, when the Lord restores the fortunes of his people. Let Jacob rejoice, and Israel be glad. Let's pray. Lord, as we learn some truths from your word this morning, Lord, open our hearts. Let us feel the presence of your Holy Spirit here among us today, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we ask you. Amen. Since the beginning of time, mankind has had answers about life and death, about good and evil, and about our purpose in life. And I think two of the most important questions that we have that we need to ask and then answer for ourselves to the most important, or is there a God? And if there is a God, can He be known, and does He reveal Himself to us? If the answers to those two questions are no, then what's the point of living, right? Now, let's say there is a God. What good is it if there's a God that if we can't know Him, we can't come to know Him? That's the the problem with Islam and the New Age movement is they They say that God can't be known, He can't be related to, He can't be revealed to us. And they live in such a tragic lie, because we know that God can be known, He can be believed. Those of us who are believers, we know that He exists. And so, today what I want to talk to you about is what the Bible says about what a fool believes. In verse 1 there of our psalm we read The fool says in his heart there is no God And you know there may be some hardened of heart this morning Maybe not in here but some who would listen later Who say I've never seen this God I've never seen him physically Well let me just tell you We're all under the influence of gravity And we use oxygen at this very moment We can't see them, but we know they're there. They exist. And God is the same way. I've never seen God physically, but I had seen Him spiritually. When my own father was laying on his deathbed six years ago, struggling for every breath, and I sat there beside him that afternoon in the hospital, and I prayed for the Lord to go ahead and take him, prayed for mercy. Two hours later, we get the call that he was fading. God honored that prayer. You see, he honored it. I didn't see God physically, but I saw him move spiritually. He honored that prayer and took Daddy home. I've experienced God spiritually when four years ago, I hit my knees physically and said, Lord, wherever you lead, I'll go. And surrender to the ministry. And getting that unexpected call the next morning to go and preach somewhere. Less than 18 hours from when I said that prayer. I've seen God move spiritually. I've experienced his guiding hand in my life. Not always seeing it until afterwards. But it confirms to me that he does exist. And he does work in our lives. So I want to confess to you, first thing this morning, my conviction, God does exist. Jesus does exist. And he does work all things together for good in my life and yours. But I can't answer those questions for you. That's your job to do. You see, your your answer to those questions can't be your mom or your dad's answer. It can't be your husband or your wife's answer. It has to be your answer to those questions. It has to be personal to you. You have to decide. And there are a lot of people who haven't decided There are a lot of people who don't believe that God exists. In fact, uh, the psalm begins there with the fool says in his heart there's no God. You know, the Bible has 41,000 some odd verses. And God gives only half of one verse to the atheist, to the the non-believer. There's almost 775,000 words in the Bible. And God gives just 10 words. There to the atheist He says the fool says in his heart There is no God There was an atheist uh, Sitting at the dinner table With his little seven year old son And the little son said Daddy do you think God knows We don't believe in him Even a child can look around And see that God exists We have no excuse The Bible says When we think about What we can do with God I think there are three things that we can do in our lives when we think about whether or not we believe that he exists. The first thing is found in verse number one. We can deny the reality of him. The fool says in his heart there is no God. Did you know about 7% of the American people are atheists? 7%. They say there is no God, and God's conversation with them is just, you're a fool. You're a fool. That's the only dialogue that God has for them. Even the most educated genius with a high IQ can be a fool. You know, so many people, so many scientists, can they'll believe in that formula E equals MC squared. Yet they fail to believe John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So many people fail to believe that, yet they'll believe E equals MC squared. You think about it, the most brilliant scientists can look at an automobile and they believe that somebody built that automobile. They can look at a painting, a beautiful portrait, and they know that there was someone who painted that painting. They can believe it. They can look at a book and they can know that there's an author, but they can't, for some reason, can't look at creation and believe that there's a God. And it just blows my mind. Romans chapter one, for a very familiar verse to us all, talks about the fact that we're not we don't have an excuse not to believe. Romans chapter one and verse twenty says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. We're without excuse that famous scientist Albert Einstein in 1916 when he discovered that the universe had a beginning, that the universe had a beginning, it irritated him. And this is what Einstein wrote back in 1916. He said, the notion of a beginning of the present order of nature is repugnant to me. I want to find a loophole. That was in 1916, but by 1949, Einstein had changed a little bit in his views. Listen to what he said in 1949. He said, science without religion is lame. You know, while there are only 7% of the American population who are atheists, the truth of the matter is there are more foolish people in America than we would like to realize. There are more people who are foolish out there who claim to be Christian, yet they don't live like it. See, there are two types of atheists. There's the intellectual atheist that says, I don't believe in God. And then there's the practical atheist who, they know God exists, but they don't live like it. The most foolish person in the world is that person who knows that God exists, yet he lives like there is no God. The practical atheist says, there's a God, but I'm going to live without him. Said, they say, there's a Bible, but I'm go- not going to read it. There's a church on every corner meeting on every Sunday, but I'm not going to go. I'd rather go fishing or sleeping in. That's the practical atheist. The most famous atheist of our time was probably Madeline Murray O'Hare. You remember her. This is what her son shared one of her quotes. This is what she said. She said, I'm an atheist not because I've searched behind every rock and looked behind every star to prove there's no God. I'm an atheist because I want to live my life as if there is no God. See, she knew deep inside there was. But she denied his existence. She wanted to live her life without him. That's Madeleine Murray O'Hare. I can understand why an atheist would think that way. But I can't understand... While people who believe in God want to live their lives in a way that tells others they don't believe. I can't believe that's the case. Don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. You say you believe in Him, then make sure you live in that way. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Make sure that your life matches your your lips. Make sure your life says what your lips speak. Listen to what Paul encouraged the Ephesians in Ephesians 4 verse 1. He says, As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've you've received. We need to be living a life worthy of our calling. Colossians 2 verses 6 and 7 says these words. So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. Rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. You know, the first thing we can do when we look in Psalm 14, when we're dealing with God, the first thing that we could do would be to deny that He exists. There's a second thing I think we could do we could detest any reminder of Him. We could detest any reminder of Him. God doesn't deal with unbelief on an intellectual level. He doesn't deal with atheism on an intellectual level because atheism is not an intellectual issue. It's a moral issue. It's not a mental problem. It's a moral problem. It's not a head problem. It's a heart problem. Atheism is not a person who cannot believe in God as much as it is a person who will not believe in God. It's not that they can't believe. It's that they won't believe. Why? Because in verse 1 there it says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. The atheist's biggest problem is not the evidence, but instead it's the threat that God poses to their lifestyle. You think about it if there's no God, then there's no judgment, if there's no God, there's no punishment. If there's no God, then there's no standard of what's right or wrong. So then, if there's no God, you could have a fling without a ring. You could peruse with someone else's spouse and not worry about the consequences. You could flirt and pervert your vows, and there's never any judgment. Psalm 10 says this about the the wicked those who would renounce God, those who would say God doesn't exist. Listen to Psalm 10 and verse 13. Why do the wicked renounce God? He has said in his heart, you will not require an account. The person that says there's no God is fooling themselves into thinking, oh, I don't have to worry about that. There's nothing there. I don't have to worry about that judgment. The basic reason that people want to live their life in unbelief and be a practical atheist is is there's no accountability. They think to themselves, oh, I I don't have to worry about any problems at the end of life. People think they can live the way they want to and get away with it. From corporate America to the Capitol building, from the cheating spouse to the cheating taxpayer, from the porn king to the drag queen, they all think they can get away with it. But that's not The way it is. That's why the intellectual atheist. Wants to get rid of any mention of God. In the courthouse or the schoolhouse. Or the church house. Because they'd rather not be reminded of the fact that God exists. They don't want to be reminded of it. And all the while the practical atheist. The one who says there's a God but they want to live like He's not there is rooting for the real atheist to succeed. Because it will soothe their conscience a little bit, you see. But it doesn't work that way. God cannot be mocked. Galatians 6, verses 7 and 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. You see, the people who are trying to get in God we trust off our money and the ones that are trying to get one nation under God out of the pledge are doing it because they don't want any reminder of God because it makes them uncomfortable. It gets under their skin because they detest any reminder of God. Out of sight, out of mind. See, that's what they're rooting for. It's the same reason that people who are thieves don't want to be reminded of the fact that there's a cop around the corner because it'll mess their life up. They think about the consequences. They detest any reminder of it. So we've talked about two things that we can do when we're dealing with God. We can deny he exists. We can detest any reminder of him. But the third thing we can do is delight in a relationship with him, a real relationship with him. In verse 5 of our text says, there they are, overwhelmed with dread. For God is present in the company of the righteous. Do you delight in a relationship with God? Is that your delight? Listen to Psalm 37. Delight yourself in the Lord and and He will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him and He'll do this. He'll make your righteousness shine like the dawn. The justice of your cause like the noonday sun. You see, it's not about people doing right, it's about people being right, being made right by the blood of Jesus Christ, by that real relationship. That's what matters. People who want to see God with their head and their heart. Jeremiah 29, verses 13 and 14 says, you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, God says. Here's the key, that real relationship That meaningful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ Through faith Not by science Not by touch But by real, true, believing faith Don't let let anybody ridicule you because of your faith Because you see, the atheist lives by faith too Listen to what one atheist, Robert Rowe. The atheist lives by faith that God doesn't exist in spite of all the evidence, in spite of Romans 1. Robert Rowe was an atheist professor at Purdue University, and this is what he wrote in one of his books. Even as the Christian accepts God by faith, I reject the idea of God by faith, but I cannot reject God by reason alone, for there's too much evidence of his existence. It's by faith I'm an atheist, he says. We need to have that relationship with God. And when we do that, we'll have victory. We'll have peace that we talked about in Sunday school. We'll have that eternal life with him in heaven. You've probably never heard of a guy named O.W. Saunders. He was a journalist 100 years ago back in the early 1900s from the Carolinas. At the end of his life, living as an atheist his whole entire life, when he got to the end of his life, this is what O.W. Saunders wrote. It's a pretty lengthy quote, but just bear with me just a second. Saunders wrote, I would love to introduce you to the most lonesome individual on earth. I'm talking about the man who doesn't believe in God. I can introduce you to such a man because I am that man. By introducing myself, I introduce an atheist or a skeptic that lives in your neighborhood because he's everywhere. You'll be surprised that the atheist envies your faith in God, your subtle belief of heaven after life. He's jealous of your blessed assurance that you will meet your loved ones in the afterlife with no sadness or pain. He would give anything to be able to embrace that faith and be comforted by it. For him, there's only two things, the grave and the permanence of it. The atheist may face life with a smile and a heroic attitude. He may put on a brave front, but he's not happy. He yearns for a staff on which to lean. He too carries a cross. For him, this earth is but a tricky raft, adrift in the unfathomable unfathomable waters of eternity with no horizon in sight. His heart aches for every person's life upon the raft because he's always drifting, always drifting, Always drifting, where he goes he does not know. He goes on to write that he was such an unhappy person. That's a man that lived his entire life as an atheist. Maybe there's one here today who feels that way. Maybe there's one here that will listen online later. And they've not trusted in the Lord. They've not believed. They've lived a life maybe even that, that, that says there is no God. No horizon in sight, not knowing where they're going. And if that's someone who's listening today, God loves you. I want you to know that. He cares for you. And he wants you to come into the safety of his harbor. By faith. He gave his life for you. Jesus gave his life for you and for me so that we can do that. And I don't care how many years you've pushed him away. He will never push you away if you come to him by faith. He'll welcome you with open arms. There may be some other need in your life this morning that you need to lay at Jesus' feet. He's big enough and strong enough to do it. And he loves you enough to take that care away and take that burden away if you let him do it. So whatever your need is this morning, you come as we stand and we sing in just a minute. Let's pray. Lord, we're grateful that we can know you And that you exist. Father, draw us closer to you. Help us to have that real relationship. And if there's someone who's adrift. And doesn't know where they're going. Can't see the horizon. Lord, make that clearly evident to their heart. By the power of your Holy Spirit this morning, Lord.